This is a Rooster Teeth production. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. I'm so happy to have you here listening to our beautiful podcast. I am your host, Jack Patillo. And of course, joining me as always is my beautiful and lovely co-host, Jeffrey Ramsey. Hi, Jeff. I am overwhelmed by your compliments Aww. every every episode. I have so many compliments for you, Jeff. That is sweet. I, for the record, look forward to having them for you someday. I, I will. I- <laughs> Jeff, the mystery machine's back. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Hey, hey, there's there's Daphne and uh, and, uh, and uh, Fred. Fred. Yeah. Hey, hey. hi. So we are recording this from Universal Orlando Radio Broadcast Center in Orlando, Florida. Right now, our friends at Universal have given us the opportunity to actually record a couple episodes of Annual Pass. We yeah. recorded Velocicoaster, uh, which uh, this is June 10th. Today is June 10th, so we're doing two episodes back to back. Are you going to explain the time continuum that is yeah. the episode versus when we recorded it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you've heard, if you listened to the Velocicoaster episode, we released a couple weeks ago, and now we're doing an episode about Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. Boy, do I have thoughts on that one. <laughs> So again, we are here at Universal Orlando Radio Broadcast Center. Uh, they put they put me up in a hotel room. They gave us some passes to check out Velocicoaster, and it's been a dream come true to say the absolute least. So mad props to them. If you're ever in Orlando, Florida, check out Universal Studios. Yeah, you might want to give it a try. You I'm might just, like it. You might spot Jeff and I there. So probably a good chance. Go around in the park wearing our annual pass shirts, and always please send me photos of you wearing your annual pass shirts either on Instagram or Twitter. We are annual underscore pass on those social media things and uh, if you want to grab a shirt store.rooster.com and go pick up an annual pass shirt and uh, hopefully we have some hats and some other we have some lanyards in the work right now katie has a fanny pack right now the bum bag is what they call it and i want to get one of those for us as well that'd be kind of cool would you wear would you wear a bum bag around there is not enough money in the world for you to get me to put one of those on thirty dollars that was my price. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Nailed it. All right. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. We've got ourselves a fun episode today, Jeff. We're going to be talking about one of the best dark rides on the planet. One of the best dark rides on the a planet? dark ride. Yes, Can you sir. explain that terminology a dark to ride is typically a slower-moving ride, uh, usually inside of a building. I don't know the actual sort of entomology of it. Let me see if I, let me see, let me get a definition. Definition of dark ride. Let me let me look that up. All right, dark ride uh, from. Did which, you say entomology? Is I think so. It's is that etymology? No, entomology. I'm talking about bugs. Oh, okay. all right. Uh, so dark ride or ghost train. This is from Wikipedia. Is an indoor amusement ride on which passengers aboard guided vehicles travel through specially lit scenes that typically contain animation, sound, music, and special effects. Appearing as early as the 19th century, exhibits such as Tunnels of Love, scary themed and interactive stories have been the subject of these rides under the original definition. So basically, it's a slow moving ride. There's no one pulling you or pushing you. It's just kind of a, an automatic vehicle. This is a unique one. This is probably the most technologically advanced dark ride on the planet and has won many, many awards for its uh, storytelling. And it's great. But we'll get into that shortly. I can give it one award right now. What's that? It's the ride that made me the most nauseous <laughs> on this trip. We made the mistake of uh, we went on Velocicoaster. So you and I rode Velocicoaster a few times. Yeah. Immediately after that, we met with the rest of our group. So Katie, Ben and Millie. And then we had lunch at the Three Broomsticks. Mm hmm. 
And then shortly thereafter went on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey because it was just up the road from the uh, Three Broomsticks. Yeah, that was uh, not the ride's fault. It was uh, it was all the choices I made to my tummy <laughs> leading up to it. For oh, sure, you, you have to have a butterbeer too. So, what do you, what did you think of butterbeers? I really liked it. I don't know why. And having read all of the Harry Potter books and mm-hmm. seen all of the movies, I don't know why I never made the connection that butterbeer was butterscotch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was delicious. Yeah. I had a frozen one and just a cold one. I hear they make them warm, too. They do. You Probably not in the middle of 95-degree uh, weather here in Florida right if now. If I can wear pants in 95-degree <laughs> weather Florida, I can drink hot butter beer. Okay, okay. So uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey is part of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes. Which uh, wasn't part of the initial Islands of Adventure, obviously, because that opened up sometime in the late 90s, and the Harry Potter stuff really didn't start blowing up until, like, the early 2000s, I imagine. Yeah. I forget when the first movies came out. Which, Um, by the way, while you're giving me this explanation, uh I'm getting photos from your wife that are just pictures of uh, her and my daughter buying wands. (laughs) Uh, I gave Millie my credit card and I said, you can buy a, a thing or two. And then Katie just texted, sorry, not sorry. And there's just like 80 wands in front of Millie. Right now, so I have no idea how much, how, how that's going. She's going to be rocking like a robe. Do you know what? Okay. A wand so for every occasion. You and I are Hufflepuffs because we've, we've taken the test. We're very clearly Hufflepuffs. We yeah. are the epitome yeah, 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 yeah. of Hufflepuffs because we're good people. Do you know what Millie is? So Millie was a Hufflepuff when she was younger, but uh, it's funny. We had this conversation yesterday. She explained to me that she has retaken the test and okay. uh, is a Ravenclaw now. Ooh. And so she needs Ravenclaw accoutrements because okay, she feels uh, the ill-fitted and in Hufflepuff now. All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that. You can yeah. kind of grow into it. I, I get that. So this ride opened at Islands of Adventure on June 18th, 2010, along with the rest of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's also open in Universal Studios Japan on July 15th, 2014. Then Universal Studios Hollywood, April 7th and 2016. And guess what, Jeff? It opened in what? Be- <laughs> it opened in Beijing June 1st, 2021. So 10 days ago. Are you serious? <laughs> so a brand new edition of the ride opened less than two weeks ago in Beijing, along with a brand new park out there. Ben, we're going to need you to get uh, Google some flights. Hashtag get annual pass to Beijing. Can we can we make that happen, Ben? Is that something we can do? I'm on it. Okay, thank you very much. Hashtag annual pass, get annual pass to Beijing. <laughs> and, and hashtag Japan, you will pass. Beijing, you will pass. I don't know if that works so well. So on May 31st, 2007, it was announced the Wizarding World of Harry Potter would be coming to Islands of Adventure. It would replace a chunk of the Lost Continent. It actually rethemes the Dueling Dragons, which was our initial roller coaster, into a Harry Potter ride, which was the Dragon Challenge. So the Lost Continent and uh, Jurassic Park Island kind Mm -hmm. of like butted up against each other. They took a chunk of the Lost Continent and then, you know, kind of squeezed in all the Harry Potter stuff on that. So that's where that whole thing lands in the back right corner of the park. Okay, so what was the IP then for Lost Continent stuff? It's just a general, just like, general, yeah, like theme parky. There's a Sinbad uh, stunt show over there, and the Dueling Dragons was just. It's actually really cool. It was a hang, hanging coaster. We'll we'll talk about Dueling Dragons someday. It's a okay. fantastic coaster. It was a hanging coaster where your you know your feet dangle, mm. and they would launch two rides side by side, and then at one point they would do flips where your feet would like feel like you're gonna kick someone in the other ride that vehicle. Sounds terrifying yeah so initially dueling dragons would do that and then when they did dragon challenge they stopped doing that supposedly because it felt a little too dangerous or maybe tall people were wreaking havoc (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, and so uh, October of 2007, preparations began for the entire land, and it finally opened June of 2010, nearly three years later. So that was a long process. But keep in mind, that was all of the Wizarding World area. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all of Hogsmeade. So uh, three broomsticks. There's the, uh, you know, the, the candy area over there. I forget the, uh, not, not Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. That's a Diagon Alley. That's on Diagon Alley, yeah. The candy shop in Hogsmeade's there. You know, Ollivander's that, you know, Ollivander's has a special one-off shop in Hogsmeade. He's got a pop-up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that exists over there. And then Dueling Dragons, the uh, Flight of the Hippogriff, which is actually a really fun ride. Yeah. Kind of a backbreaker, but that's okay. And then Forbidden Journey, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is the sort of key to the whole thing because that's Hogwarts. They've actually built a light, well... It looks life-size, but I I don't know if you notice when you look up at it, it's actually smaller. So a lot of theme parks will do this. So when you start getting the perspective, when stuff starts getting further away, they will intentionally make it smaller to seem even further away Mm -hmm. and bigger than it actually is. So if you really look at the castle, it's actually really tiny. You know, as far as castles go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you go up there and like stand right next to it, you'd be like, you'd be enormous. But I'm taller than this castle. Exactly. But from the ground, it looks it looks like it's huge. Looks like, you know, it's really cool. And the, the school looks amazing. And kids are short, so. Yeah, that's true. So uh, one difference between the uh, various versions, the Japan and Hollywood version actually initially had 3D goggles. They were known as like Quidditch goggles. Okay. And the initial one, the one here, though, never had the 3D added to it. So the Japan and Hollywood one, you'd actually feel like in the, the, the video portions of the ride were done in 3D. Ultimately, they got rid of that. I don't know if that's because goggles were falling off or because it was too much of a pain, too much extra work. But it's, now all of them do no, no longer use the 3D goggles. It's a, it's already a pretty immersive experience without them, you know? Yeah, yeah. The way the screens wrap around you, you feel like you're flying mm-hmm. through the air. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. The initial code name for the ride was called Strong Arm. They called it that, Jeff, because they are Kuka Arms. Which, um, remember when we talked about Stitch's Great Escape? Remember I talked about those giant arms that came down that had the guns on the end that were like mm-hmm. big robot arms? Yeah, kind yeah. of the ones they build cars with and stuff? Yeah. So those are, they're called Kuka arms. And your platform that you sit on, your bench that you sit on, your magical bench that you sit on during the ride is attached to one of those arms. So basically your back is attached to a giant robot arm and that's how you get all the motion in the ride. And so there's, a, a, like I guess, like a circumference of... Those arms with uh... so the way it works is basically there's a giant robot arm you know yeah. that has all kinds of motion that can lift you up and down super powerful ride and then all of those are on a track so yeah. there's actually a track full of those arms yeah and so every single bench has a giant robot arm underneath it that then moves those things around that way they can do all those different motions that can lift you up and down flip you around spin you side to side and add all of that stuff felt a bit like getting thrown around by dr octopus honestly <laughs> a little bit a little bit and i'm sure if you actually saw we actually have some photos a fan found on reddit of uh like some of the arms in action and we'll, we'll post that onto our instagram account oh, as well neat. so it, it looks really really crazy because you never see it you never see that part of the ride you know unless you were to go backstage or something like that and uh it's it's really really cool technology and i'm sure we'll start seeing more of that kind of stuff i have no idea the amount of work that goes into keeping those things up and running properly it's got to be insane though just because like the the sheer amount of technology running the stuff and how crazy like minute the the movements are and the Mm -hmm. details to do over and over and over again for you know thousands of time a day for 365 days a year it's absolutely awesome do you remember like 130 years ago when we thought flight was impossible? <laughs> I do. I do. And then Good the Wright Lord. brothers showed up. Yeah. And they're like, someday. We have come a long way. There's going to be a ride about a wizard. 
<laughs> it's gonna have these giant robot arms. But yeah, this was attached a, to benches. The the entire ride was a huge advancement in dark ride technology. It blends those physical sets that you see along with the motion video, and that was rarely done. And the way that actually works is, as I talked about, um, those arms are on a track. And so what happens is you'll go from a physical set and then suddenly your vehicle is placed in the middle of a big screen that wraps around you. The thing is, they have a lot of people going through it. If you notice, like you feel like you're in the same spot, you're actually moving and the screen is moving with you. So like oh. there's like a series, it's like six or something screens that are on a turntable that's rotating. And so literally your vehicle is rotating with the screen in front of you. While like if you look to your right, if you look around your vehicle, you can see another person on the next screen. And so literally it's, it's timed out perfectly. They can actually see it. Ben's showing Jeff the, uh, the arm and that how is that very works. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are three different portions of the ride. We actually go into the video bits where you can actually see, you know, like the, you feel like you're doing the motion simulation stuff and you'll notice too, they're all the exact same length of time because <laughs> the turntables they built to make that work require it to be a specific amount of time. Sure. Be, sure. No, no less, no more. And so they're, they're all identical in the amount of time there. One other thing, let's see here, uh, loads of animatronics are on the ride, including the Whomping Willow, which over time they've kind of toned back when initially it opened, that Whomping Willow was going crazy. Like all the tree limbs were going bonkers. Now it's kind of like uh, one big one. It was it was still pretty crazy. Like, I was not <laughs> expecting it and it caught me off guard for sure. Yeah, you feel like you get right up to it, right? Yeah, you feel like yeah. it's like right in your face. Out of nowhere. You've got Dementors in there as well. you got quite a few Dementors that are, you know, trying to suck out your soul. Mm -hmm. uh, Aragog, the giant spiders in there. Um, you, there's a big dragon that spits out steam at you or fire. And also included in it to really make it feel authentic. Most of the original cast is actually in the ride. So in the, in all the kids, you know, Harry, Hermione, Ron. We've got Filches in there. You've got Neville. You've got uh, uh, Michael Gambon as Dumbledore. Mm. Um, I think pretty much everybody from the movies is in this. I don't know if they shot it while they were making the movie. But the one kind of interesting thing is like, the timeline of where this thing fits in the Harry Potter world. People are suspecting that it probably is during Half-Blood Prince because Ron is on the Quidditch team and Aragog is still alive. So that's probably where it's going to land. Okay. So that's the sixth book, I think, or sixth movie. Sure. So, yeah. Do you are you follow the timelines of uh, Harry Potter? I mean, and as such as I've read the books and seen the movies and uh, whatever information stayed in my head <laughs> from that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I do appreciate when they make these things canonical, though. Yeah. And they try to make them make sense in the world like Jurassic Park. You know, we just did the Velocicoaster ride. And that takes place uh, somewhere during or right before episode uh, the the first uh, new movie yeah. uh, in the in the kind of the reboot. And uh, I, I do appreciate when these things fit into the canon and timeline of a story or an intellectual property because it just helps in well, it helps world build. Yeah, right. It yeah. helps universe build, which in itself is fun if you're a fan of that IP. But it it also uh, it just it just makes it feel more immersive. Yeah. Right? It gives the opportunity for the, like the super fans to pick up on stuff. You know, it's 100%. like rewards people who've been paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, I look out now. I can see our, our friends, the twins are across the street right now. Oh, there they are. Yeah. Just hanging out. I can see, uh, where, where in their hat. I don't know if they can see in the windows at all. They're pretty dark over here. They're tinted pretty yeah. well, but Hey, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's the beautiful part about recording in a live venue. And I would love to hopefully do this on a stage someday where people yeah. can actually see us instead of us hidden behind glass. We should, uh, if we don't get a chance to see them, it'll be a fun little Easter egg for them, there maybe when they listen to this, if they listen to this episode and they hear <laughs> us talking to them. Speaking of uh, all the, the craziness, I see people walking around in wizarding robes and stuff, and it's so hot, but people are dedicated to wearing those robes. 
And so I'm going to be very disappointed if Millie doesn't show up in a new Ravenclaw robe. Uh, she did complain that her Hufflepuff robe was no longer appropriate. So <laughs> we got- we're in a fishbowl, Jeff. They got, we got people pushing their faces up against the glass. <laughs> How you doing out there, everybody? That's awesome. <laughs> this is great. All right. Well, Jeff, do you have anything to add to our facts and information before we get into our ride walkthrough? No, I thought there was one thing about the ride that I thought was cooler than cool okay uh, but i feel i feel Is like ice we'll, cold <sighs> please uh i feel like we'll get into it uh pretty quickly so okay all right well jeff ramsey are you ready to join me on harry potter and the forbidden journey i am okay. and next time i join you i want to do it before lunch yes or after things have digested all yeah. right here we go come with me now we've put our bags in the lockers and we are ready to go on harry potter and the forbidden journey Start the music! All right, here we go, Jeff. We are at the gates of Hogwarts. You can see those big boar things with wings. What are those called? They're not chimeras. Yeah, boar wings. We see the boar wings on the statues, and then we see the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, and there's people out front, and they're going to let us in. So we're walking, and we look up to the left, Jeff, and you see Hogwarts. Hogwarts is right there. It's in person. It's real. Somehow, for some reason, it's not in Scotland. It's in Orlando. I thought it was just a movie. (laughs) No, no, it's real, Jeffrey. It is real. So we step inside, and the first thing you notice is it's really dark and really kind of quiet and cold. Very and air conditioned. It's very, very air conditioned. We're gonna walk through. Uh, Jeff, we we snuck through the the express pass, but I can I can tell you there's another line that actually will take you back outside, and you go to the greenhouses of Hogwarts, and you actually see where Professor Sprout is, and you see all the different things she's working on and everything oh, really? back there. It takes you outside. It gets really, really warm though, and kind of humid. So we didn't go that way. And there's some there's some hidden stuff. There's some like props. They have the uh, the house points, that little house points calculator. There's oh, one of yeah, those yeah, out there yeah. too. You can see like props. I don't know if they're from the movie, but they're out there. They're really cool. They're really neat. But you walk through and then all of a sudden you see the original four people that ran the houses. You can see Salazar Slytherin and uh, Robert, is it Robert Gryffindor? I forget who is it. Who's it? Billy Gryffindor, I think. And, uh, and Helga Hufflepuff and Johnny Ravenclaw. They, they've got paintings up on the wall, and they look like real paintings, but they start talking, Jeff. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, Jeff wants to talk about... That was the coolest thing I have yeah. seen in all of uh, Universal Studios thus far, and I didn't want to leave that staircase. How cool is that? Because like they add some layer of texturing yeah. that makes it look like real paint. It's indistinguishable it's from a real painting. It's so cool. It and, is done so well. And so all the different house leaders or whatever, the, 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 original, the founders, maybe the founders of Hogwarts, I think maybe the founders they're all talking I'll be honest it's more fun to watch you flounder through it than to tell you the answer so I'm not going to I'm going to assume you you absolutely know her just letting me flounder so they're talking to each other they're like oh that that Hermione that Granger she's she's what a what a you know kid and and that Potter is here this year and I don't know why they're talking like they're from New England now (laughs) they're from 1920s New England oh that Potter kid yeah he's gonna he's gonna make a name for himself here gonna be a Zeppelin driver (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, it was it was honestly I didn't I really kind of just wanted to hang out and watch it because they were all that had so much going on. It's so cool. It's so cool. I didn't know where to look. And they're, they're just talking to us the whole time. They're like, oh, yeah. And they're kind of ignoring that we're there because that's what it is. It's, it's Dumbledore has allowed muggles into the school for the first time, Jeff. And so we're excited. We're, we're checking out Hogwarts officially. And we, we round a corner and now we're in the headmaster's office. And we actually see Dumbledore. He's there talking to us. He's like, welcome to Hogwarts, muggles. And we're like, we're muggles. That's us. And he's like, you know, be careful and have fun. 
And then we, we go past that and we keep going. We're in the Defense Against the Dark Arts room and they've got the dragon up on the wall and there's Harry, Ron, and it's Hermione and they're talking, they're sneaking in for some reason. They gotta get something. And then Ron does a spell and what, it's snowing. It's snowing inside the building, Jeff. What, that's not right. That's magic. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's, what, do you, what do you want from me? You're right, it's magic. <laughs> and so we're gonna go past there and now we see the Gryffindor common room. We see some of the stuff there. Oh, very from, cool. Very, very neat, all the cool looking things. And the, the, we get the uh, the fat lady, she tells us kind of like how, you know, the fat lady, the singer, the way yeah, you, have yeah. to talk, you have to give her the password she opens yeah. up. She like tells you a little bit about like the, the safety procedures and everything and how to be safe on the ride, which is very neat. And then we walk a little bit further down and there's the sorting hat, the actual sorting hat is talking. That was very cool too. I couldn't get Millie to care about it as much as I did. <laughs> Please love this, love this, so I can love this. So the sorting hat's right there talking to you as well. And then you round the corner and you see all the candles, Jeff. All the candles are yeah. floating. It's like kind of like the Great Hall, where all the candles are floating. And then we get onto our magical bench. And there it is, we're sitting, it was four of us wide. And we get on the bench and we sit down, we, we put our, our harness in place. And we're like, we're getting excited, get excited. But all of a sudden, you, you hear you hear the noise, you hear the da na 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 You got more John Williams music, which I don't know how much of that I can say until you know, we get copyright strikes. But anyway, but we have the John Williams music kicks in and then- Oh, I don't think what you did resembled any John Williams song. <laughs> I, pretty, I think you're fine. I'm pretty sure that nailed it exactly. <laughs> Uh, and so we're getting there and it's like, oh, here we go. And then you hear Hermione. Hermione is like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna sprinkle you with flu powder and say observatory, and then we'll go to the observatory. And then she goes, okay, one, two, three. And then she covers us with flu powder and we say observatory. And then boof, we go through a portal and we've gone through the flu and boom, we're in the observatory, Jeff. We're, we're above like the high parts of the, the castle now. I'm observing it. You're observing, we're flying through. And we're like, wow, and we can see like the, the lake and everything as we're, as we're you know floating around. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're now we're flying along and Harry's there, he's on his broom, Jeff. We are too flying. That it is feels true. fast. Yes, we, we're now going. So we uh, we float along and we're like, oh, this is great. And then Hagrid's like, hey, you law, have you seen a dragon? And then we're like, what? And then, oh no, it's a dragon! And oh, there's a dragon chasing us, Jeff. There's a dragon chasing us. And oh, okay. And Not then, cool. No, and then we're going, and then we're, we go to a bridge, and then like oh, the word, then we're back, and we're on an actual set. And then we're on the bridge, the one that the Seamus blows up in the last movie, spoiler. And then we go through, and then we fall through the bridge, and we're, we're running now. This is, it's gotten very bad, Jeff. We're in the Forbidden Forest, Jeffrey. My tummy's a forbidden forest at this point. <laughs> so we drop in the forbidden forest. And now there's spiders everywhere. Aragog's around and all the spiders are there. And then and Hermione is like, hey, uh, watch out. Watch out for the Whomping Willow. And it's like, wait, what? And then they, they boom, jeez. And then you they, get whomped. They, well, they take a photo and then we're like, oh, and then we're moving around and we see big Aragog and it's scary. And then the Whomping Willow's there. And like, oh no, we're on our backs. And the Whomping Willow smacks us. And now we're flying again. We're back in the sky. And now we're, we're just, we're away from the spiders and the whomping willow and now we're flying with Harry he's like oh no we're on the Quidditch pitch now oh, Dementors are here oh god Dementors that's the worst and so the Dementors are chasing after us and we get knocked away and now in the Chamber of Secrets Jeff we've gone all the way down to the Chamber of Secrets and there's Dementors flying in our face and they're like like trying to suck your soul dementing us yeah they're dementing the heck out of us yeah <laughs> and so the Dementors are flying around they get right in your face they get like you feel like right, you can yeah, I can feel them taking my life essence yeah, it's, yeah. it's very very horrifying and so but we're in that that Chamber of Secrets, and that you can see that basilisk skeletons down there. I know you hate snakes, so not that, a fan. Did that freak you out? But it was a skeleton. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I. It's also possible my eyes were closed at that exact moment. <laughs> so now we're the basilisk skeletons there, and we see like the the crazy door, and we're in that chamber, and the, all the Dementors keep coming after us, and it's just absolutely just horrifying. And 
They, they keep jumping at us and everything. And then all of a sudden you hear Harry say, get away from them. And then he casts Expecto Patronum. And then boom, like the Dementors all fly away. And Harry's like, we did it. Okay, we're safe. Let's go. And then we can see the dragon flying off and like lands on top of the castle. And we're flying around. And he's like, come on, let's go to the Great Hall. And then we're flying and then boom, we get to the Great Hall. We round a corner. Everyone's there to cheer for us, Jeff. Everyone. Yay, you did it. I, I did feel cheered. It yeah. was pretty cool. <laughs> and I noticed for the first time ever, if you look in the back left corner, there's one girl who does not look happy to see us. <laughs> she gave us really, really bad stink eye like she was hoping we were dead. She's probably a Slytherin. And then we go from there, and then it's it's Dumbledore. And he's like, oh, like, welcome back. You know, you're welcome here at Hogwarts anytime. Just, you know, stay safe. Don't be dumb. I, he doesn't say that, but... Anyway, we're, we're back. I like your Dumbledore impression, you. though. <laughs> I didn't know you had that in the bag. I've been working on it for quite a while, just for this episode. So Dumbledore says, welcome back anytime. And then we move along, and he says, oh, don't forget to collect your, your items, or else it'll end up in Filch's broom closet, or whatever <laughs> it is. And then we go through flu powder one more time, and boom, we're back on land. And we get out of the ride, and then we go through Filch's shop of confiscated goods, I think is the technically the name of it. And we go, we get a ride photo, and we're done. And we go straight to a bench, and we sit down, and we close our eyes, and be as still as possible for a few minutes. Ugh. And by now, we're finally finished. Our tummies are rumbly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we are done. We have survived Harry Potter in the Forbidden Journey. I did not expect the ride to be as intense as it was. It's pretty serious, man. Yeah, it, it is. It is pretty serious. The The actual ride itself, like the amount of like shaking around you do, and you end up like straight up on your back at multiple times throughout this ride. When that Whomping Willow hits you, you are full up on your back. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely catches you off guard the first time you do it. And, For sure. And we were talking about earlier, I can't do motion simulators anymore. So literally during the actual motion simulator portion, when the screens pop up, I have to close my eyes because something about the screen being that close to me and the, there's not a lot of motion. Like when you close your eyes, you can you can feel how much motion's going on. It's just jostling you a little bit mm -hmm. in time with the video. It's not a lot. Yeah. But when you're watching that video, it feels like you are diving and flipping around. And, it, it really does. It yeah. was after the bridge, when you're flying through after the bridge that mm. I started, to, it started to be a little much for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, made it, I was good up until then. So after and, the first one. Yeah. Were, I just uh, I just didn't expect it. We had done the Velocicoaster twice, and I was like, oh, tell me it's a little. And you're like, it's okay. You know, we're going to go do, do a Harry Potter ride now. And I thought, kids, book. <laughs> Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Not so much. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. And then, of course, there's a ride photo. So after, if you're riding this ride for the first time, after Hermione pops up in the Forbidden Forest, the photo is just after that. And so I tried to get you, you, you ran ahead of us because I was trying to get you on a vehicle with us so we could take a ride photo together. Oh. But I think we lined it up where you and Millie were on two seats, where I, Katie and I were on the other two seats. So I might be able to Photoshop us where we're on the same vehicle. <laughs> that's so a great idea. We'll post that on Instagram uh, later. All right, Jeff. So Ben graciously went through <laughs> and pulled down the four founders of Hogwarts, the yeah. proper names for him. I got a couple. Helga Hufflepuff, I knew for sure, because I'm okay. a Hufflepuff. I know. Yeah. That. Uh, Salazar Slytherin, I yeah. knew that one for sure. But then it's Rowena Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she's the, uh, you know, the Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. And then it is uh, not, what did I say? Did I say James Gryffindor? It's Godric Gryffindor. And the sword yeah. of Gryffindor. I should have known that. Yeah. Or Godric's sword. I forget what it is. Godric's sword. I think it's what oh, it is. Did, yeah. I'm sure I'll catch flack for that. So anyway. I hope so. Thank you for the correction, Ben. I appreciate it. So that is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. It's, it is a incredible ride. It's, yeah. I mean, some of the best storytelling in an attraction ever. Like it's so well done yeah. and uh, I can't recommend it enough. You have to go check this out. If you come to Universal Orlando, it's the Islands of Adventure. 
right next to Jurassic World on the, the Velocicoaster is just around the corner. You can kind of catch that as well. But you should go ride it. And yeah, Jeff, like, so that was an attraction you've been on. So what were your feelings? What were your first thoughts coming off the ride? I thought just that it was a, a lot cooler and more intensive an experience than I thought. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this onset of nausea tainted things a little bit for me throughout <laughs> the trip. It was, it, was, it was a bummer because like I would love, I want to ride that Harry Potter ride again. Yeah. I had yeah. so much fun in it, you know? Yeah. I just hope that if people like the ride, maybe they'll try reading a book. <laughs> see, see, there's there's a whole lot of other Harry Potter out there yeah. outside of this ride. So if you enjoy the ride, uh, maybe yeah, watch maybe a movie. You read the backstory of it, you know, yeah. like a little bit more, find out some more find information. Out. Yeah, expand your knowledge of uh, there is a there's like the center of the Harry Potter universe is probably that ride, but there is yeah. other stuff. There's yeah. seven books or something. There's <laughs> a couple movies. There's there's a lot of backstory. Yeah, for that yeah. ride. So uh, yeah, it's a great, great ride. I really like it a lot, and uh, yeah, and so it's like the epitome of the Harry Potter ride. It's my favorite Harry Potter ride. Wow, well, I say that, but now the the Hagrid's coaster is so good. It's really cool to be able to walk through Hogwarts, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like experiencing that in like Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. The way they've done that is so cool. I know for Epic Universe, they're adding more. We're not sure exactly what they're adding, but. That theming is so well done, and it's, it's so immersive. Yeah, I felt when I first stepped foot on Diagon Alley, I felt like I was on the movie set. Yeah. Like, it was so instantly transformative. Yeah. It was really cool the way they did it, and the way it's, like, kind of boxed in. So you... <laughs> I do like when we first stepped into uh, into the Hogsmeade area. Mm-hmm. So it's Hogsmeade during winter is, is what it's set up as, mm-hmm. and you just looked at it and went, that snow's going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. It's 90 degrees outside. Jeff, we have a very, very special treat. I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull this off, but hey, we're not at Universal Orlando right now. We're actually back home, but we have an interview with someone who worked at Harry Potter in the Forbidden Journey. Oh, really? I have some questions. Awesome. So, okay, we actually have Jax here who worked at the Hollywood version of Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey back in 2017, 2018, and 2019 over the summer sessions over that period of time, and they were ride operators. They basically did everything from standing in front of the attraction, greeting people, to actually like loading people on the dock and everything else. So, Jax, welcome to Annual Pass. Hi, thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jeff. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited to talk about it. There's a lot of really weird and some fun stories about that ride. It's a, it's a cool place to work for sure. Excellent. So you you've been there for you were there for three seasons, and so um, I know the the one difference between the Hollywood version versus the Orlando version, which is the one I've been on, was the fact there were three D goggles involved yeah. with the one in California. Uh, when did those actually? When did they pull them from the attraction? So the three D goggles were a bit of controversy. So I believe the ride started with them initially, but there was actually a problem where Mm -hmm. the ride wasn't properly calibrated with the 3D goggles when the ride first came out. Ah. And so the ride has, is, is kind of already a little motion sickening to begin with, but the fact that it wasn't (laughs) calibrated particularly well, uh, made it even worse. So they fixed that pretty early on. And then basically the higher ups just didn't enjoy the ride as much. We actually couldn't get 4k image when it was 3d. And so when they swapped it, they were able to to then go back into 4k. I think it was running at maybe 720 or or 1080, um, before that. And so it really improved the picture quality. It also made the picture way, way brighter when they got rid of the goggles. I, I don't, know exactly what year they removed i think it was probably 2016 or early 2017 and then they haven't been back since um it's also a lot easier on the staff um because trying to take goggles all away and then give them back i I know for the for the florida attraction is is really hard for them and so for ease sake they they kept it away 
I'm curious too. I mean, there's a lot of moving around in that attraction. So yeah. I can only imagine yeah. like this. people had to have lost goggles at some point, right? Oh yeah. The, uh, the bottom of the ride track, uh, you know, it gets cleaned out every night. There's a lot of stuff that gets, it gets <laughs> dropped down there. Like a lot of stuff. I have a question about that. How much of that stuff is vomit? Oh, okay. So take, you know, if you're eating lunch, you might want to stop, uh, take <laughs> all the amount of vomit you've ever seen in your life. Okay. Add it up. Double yeah. it. I saw that from one guy. Um, <laughs> Oh. And his name was Jeff. <laughs> it's a lot on the floor. You know, so they, we clean it. If it gets on the floor, it gets cleaned at, at night. If it lands on the loading platform, for those that are unfamiliar, the ride kind of has a treadmill when you get on. If, it, if, if people throw up on that, normally we can get it cleaned up before it hits like the end of the platform where it like goes upside down because it's like a treadmill, right? Um, if it doesn't, we have to stop the ride. So it doesn't do that. And so that one guy that I was talking about, we, uh, we were closed for like 20 minutes to, to go clean it up. Ooh. It was not fun. I imagine it's kind of like curling where you have people trying to sweep it as it's moving towards the end. Is that basically the idea? It, it kind of, yeah. Uh, people, we, you know, you're not allowed to have branding or anything that's visible and not a logo. So we've got people uh-huh. with like Febreze that has the logo on it, but it was so bad spelling. They like hit it in their vest and were kind of shooting it outside their vest so no one could see the Febreze. <laughs> but like it was just like guests were like, you know, kind of reflexing because it just it smelled so bad. So yeah, not fun. <laughs> Is it a common thing that people throw up in the attraction? Because I mean, I know I mean, it, it jostles you around quite a bit. That ride yeah. was my kryptonite. It like I was I didn't actually throw up, but I got really close uh, a number of times on it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's one of the warnings. It's like we have warnings and restrictions to the ride that, you know, no one reads. Um, but one of them is motion sickness. I, I, did, I did not. I did not read them. Yeah. Um, it is It is very common. So common, in fact, actually. So the, the Florida ride was the one that got made originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, a big problem. People would come off the ride and they're really sick. And, you know, the, the only bathroom in Hogsmeade is the one that's back in, in the village. That's the only one that's available to guests. And so to go all the way from the castle to there was, was really hard especially if people are motion sick and you know we didn't really want people just throwing up in the trash can at the end of the ride because it's just it smells it's not great <laughs> so when they made the one in hollywood they actually added a uh, an additional room of requirement quote unquote and so there's a bathroom right off the exit of the huh. hollywood one that's hidden behind a door and like it's it's Smart. not like accessible to people it's only if people are literally like unable to walk because they're like on their knees throwing up it's not <laughs> themed at all so don't like go asking you know people to go see the bathroom because it literally just like a regular bathroom and it's where people throw up so it's not it's not a fun place to be there's not like a there's not a moaning myrtle in there no, or, or, no. <laughs> now were you trained to like eyeball people coming off the ride being like that dude needs to he needs to go to the room requirement otherwise someone's getting a mop <laughs> trained is a strong word for it but like they're kind of like we, we know the closet's there we know where the keys are for the for the closet if people needed it you know we would for sure kind of head them over that way the guy that the story i was telling you about is actually i was at unload which is you know where you unload people from from the platform uh and the way the restraints work is they kind of come down over you like a roller coaster and they take uh-huh. a second to unlock right mm-hmm. and so the bench comes in this guy is kind of like get, get this get, get this thing off me he's kind of shaking it i'm like hold on it takes a second and then he kind of kept shaking it i'm like okay i need to like manually unlock it so i go to manually unlock it as i'm standing kind of right face on in front of him and kind of like i, I kind of went into slow motion where i started to see him like gag and i kind of like dived backwards you know where like my feet and hands <laughs> kind of hang in front of me as i'm jumping back and just all over the belt uh i actually Ooh. had to go back to wardrobe sorry not not my belt the belt's what we call the loading platform uh, I had to go to wardrobe okay. and actually change uh, change my uniform because it got on me. But guy was fine. You know, he turned out fine. I think he just ate previously before getting on. And that's, you know, I f- <laughs> yeah. felt bad for the guy. But we take good care of him. You know, Universal does a great job at like, you know, we want you to have a good time at the park. And so when stuff like that happens. And yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, people don't realize how hardcore the Harry Potter universe really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They don't pull punches. Yeah. The attraction itself has a ton of moving components to it. It's got the screens. It's got the animatronics. It's got the benches themselves. So yeah. what was the most problematic part of the attraction and why was it the Whomping Willow? <laughs> <laughs> So I hear you've you've clearly had some conversations with the other staff. So <laughs> honestly, the willow wasn't actually that big of a problem for us in Hollywood. Okay. Basically, the ride is very, very, very safe, and there's a tolerance for how far like a bench can move out of its pre-assigned path, like just due to a random variable. So that tolerance is like millimeters of if it if it's outside of that whole ride shuts down. Oh wow. And so the same is true for all the moving parts. If something moves how it's not supposed to, whole ride shuts down. We need to figure out why. And so the willow, it's definitely, I think it's actually mainly fixed now, would occasionally deviate from that, I think. And don't quote me on this. I'm just kind of recollecting from memory. And so it would it would slightly fail, basically, where it would go, nope, we've we've moved millimeters outside of where we need to, shut it down. Um, oh. And so that was kind of a common, a common problem. The ride is actually super smart. It breaks down a lot and people can say that it's, you know, it's the ride's fault. It's it's more so due to other things, not the ride like physically breaking down. Although that definitely does happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that the sheer a number of components in that thing. I know. So the Whomping Willow. I if correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember riding that thing right after it kind of opened, mm-hmm. like back in like 2011 in Orlando. And I remembered the Whomping Willow had a lot more movement to it, or at least maybe in my head it did. But I remember it's like every single limb going just ape. And now it feels like really it's just kind of like the one that sort of smacks your bench. And I, is that something like, has it actually been reduced? Like, you know, is it like an Everest type situation where, you know, you got yeah, Disco Yeti I, or is it just in my own brain? I don't know. So I don't want to speak about it. I don't know if it was like, if things were reduced. Okay. I do know that when the ride was first being built, we actually had people ride, like test riding it, who were very, very tall and their feet got a little bit too close to the tree where actually might've been their hands they were able to kind of reach out and almost touch it. And the second that rider got off, they're like, shut it down. We need to go shave off the tree. It, like they reduced the size. <laughs> of it, so there's no way anyone can, can get there. Oh, wow. That, that's crazy. So what do you think is actually the most like technologically impressive part of the ride? I mean, the arms themselves are insane. Yeah. But as far as like, like the animatronics go, I mean, like all the different set pieces go, I mean, like you've got the Dementors popping out. I mean, obviously the Willow's huge, but I mean, what do you think is the most impressive thing from your end, from being on the kind of the back end of it? Yeah. So the funniest thing to me is I was actually able to get a tour of kind of like the technical side of things. Cause I, I thought about applying there for work as a more of an engineer. Um, and so I was seeing the bottom of the ride vehicles, the part that you don't really see. And if you're at free time, there's a great video on YouTube that shows mechanically how the whole ride works. But the funniest thing to me is it runs windows 10. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it works wow. is it's on windows 10 uh and you know it's custom built stuff into that but the little computers on each vehicle is, is just windows so that's interesting Man. but actually the coolest part to me is the whole ride track is essentially a big barcode so basically there's a track and then the vehicle the bottom of the vehicle that you sit in is on either side of that track and it kind of keeps it locked in place and so there's basically a sheet of metal that's cut in a particular way that it kind of acts like a barcode so if the ride stops when we start it back up the ride vehicle will move very slightly a couple of inches forward and back to scan essentially the barcode so it knows exactly where it is in the ride so it can restart its path and say okay i'm here this is the movements that i need to do next and i always thought that was really really cool because i had never thought about it that is neat yeah i never think about something like that now okay uh we talked about in a, in a, a future recording about attractions uh, getting broken down and stuff and i know when i, I worked at the great movie ride over in, in you know in disney mgm studios yeah. in orlando and when our ride would break down it was a flat track that anyone could just walk on but <laughs> something like forbidden journey 
you know, I know Jeff at one point, we got stuck on the, the ride for a few, like a couple of minutes. And Jeff was just like pointing at the sky. And I could imagine like if you're near the Whomping Willow, you're just going to be on your back. So what happens in situations when the ride straight up breaks down to the point where you can't do anything about it? Yeah. So for most of the ride, you're 16 feet in the air. Right. And so there's yeah. a lot of times, you, you know, you, there's certain spots of the ride where we can basically reset all the ride vehicles to like a evac position where essentially, you know, the bench stops being on its side. It comes, it takes you vertical and we can kind of manually push them to areas of the ride track where there are platforms and then staff would come up and manually evacuate people. And we have to actually like build wow. safety rails because the rails aren't there. So the evacuation process is us going up and saying, Hey, You've been stuck here for a while. Please don't hate me. Uh, I'll be back. And then you start physically building this rail uh, as you're harnessed in because you can't harness them in. Uh, and then, you know, we would we would walk them out. Luckily, I've never had to do a, a track evacuation, but it is something that is uh, hard to do. How many of those have happened that you know of? Uh, I mean, a lot, but in the grand course of it being open for however many years, you know, very few. Yeah. But I mean, it, it happens happens less than you think, but more than you know, ideally we'd like none, you know? So like uh, maybe a handful of times a year, basically is what you're saying. If that, yeah, even, okay. probably, oh, wow, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, theme parks in general are just remarkable in their construction. The fact that literally millions of people go through these things and you so rarely hear about anything going exactly. haywire like that. So yeah, it is, it is a modern Marvel that is running on windows 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, Marvel's California adventure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have any of the cast members or any other just like, uh, off the wall or unexpected celebrities or notable people going through. <laughs> I have I have two stories of that. So the first one was Emma Watson was in the building while I was there. Oh, wow. Dang! And so if people are a big enough name, they get taken through like the you know the secret back way. And so we kind of heard over the radio because like when there's someone famous, we need to know. So like basically, if like guests start freaking out, then we can kind of deal with it. But so people are like Emma Watson's in the building. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I hope she I hope she comes by. And so there's basically this stairway in the back that leads you up to different floors of like the behind the scenes. And I was standing in the hallway where like the regular team members were. And I just, the door opened and all of my friends were coming out of this hallway and they had this face or expression on their face that was like, oh my God, I've seen a ghost. And I was like, what's going on? And Emma Watson had just passed them going down that staircase as they were coming up. But like, you know, you can't stop and say, hey, you gotta be professional. And so I was like, dang, I just came down that staircase. If I had waited 30 <laughs> seconds. So, but anyway, so that was kind of cool. I didn't quite get to, to see her, but just, you know, it was, it was interesting. You shared a staircase with her though. I did. <laughs> More than go. most of us can claim. Yeah, exactly. You know, she movie of my childhood. But um, the other story, so I'm at this position called grouper, which is essentially you ask people how many in their party. You're trying to make groups of four. It's like a math game. And if there's, you know, party of three, then you try to find a single rider. And you're basically grouping people so that all the benches are full. And when you're in this position, you get into such a like a rhythm. You're just doing math like go, 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 go. So I'm asking people how many in the group, sending them down the hallway. And then I'm looking down the hallway, trying to monitor if the guests are moving. So if there's room to bring more guests and I ask without looking how many are party and the guy goes four. and I went, hold on. I know that voice. And I looked up and it was a dude named Bernie Burns. And I don't, I don't know if you know that guy. <laughs> and I, I had listened to the podcast enough and I, I don't know how often you talk to Bernie. I need you to call him and apologize for me. I was so caught off guard because I was in like autopilot that I literally went, you're Bernie Burns. And I looked up at him because I'm short and he's tall. I went, you're Bernie Burns. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And he kind of laughed. He shook my hand. It was great. Uh, I, I was so happy to meet him. And I, I, he left. And then I was like, oh, I was a 
dunce. <laughs> so that was super embarrassing, but I was so happy. To, it was just so not where I was expecting to uh, to meet Bernie. But yeah, that was that, that was a funny time. That reminds me of a story Bernie told me once of visiting the Harry Potter ride in California. And he was caught off guard. He mentioned one time meeting a guy uh, who, who recognized him, and he was so caught off guard, he felt like he blew the introduction, and he shook your ha- the hand nervously, and he felt like he blew it. So uh, I, I don't know. It seems like a coincidence, but uh, oh, yeah, that's weird, huh? Yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, you should you should call him and apologize. <laughs> I will let him know. Thank you, man. Well, one of my favorite things about theme park attractions are Easter eggs. Are there any hidden Easter eggs or any sneaky Ooh. things in the attraction that maybe some of the, uh, you know, the engineers put in there or anything? Maybe cast members snuck in somewhere, team members snuck in somewhere. Yeah. Anything you know? So it's really hard in Hogsmeade and Hogwarts. Um, J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers are very, very strict on all of the construction, all of the theming and making sure this is very, you know, as accurate to JK's vision as possible. So there aren't nearly as many as Disney, um, but we do have some cool things. So like when you walk into the grand hall, when you're in the queue, there's two statues that are in there. And one of them is they're unnamed, but they are the architect of Hogwarts. And so he's holding like a little miniature Hogwarts. And so he's in, you know, the, the story, the guy who built the castle. Oh, okay. And the other one was the first headmaster of Hogwarts. And neither of them have names. Uh, so it, I would like to just ask guests, like, any ideas who those are? And they're like, no, no idea. And then I'd tell them if I got it right, I would, I would give them a, a pass or something. But um, oh. so those are kind of cool because no one really knows what they are. We also have the portrait room, which is all kinds of cool portraits and stuff. And so there is some of the, like lead designers who were like in charge of getting like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter put together. I think his portrait, I think he actually passed away before Universal Studios Hollywood was finished. And so I think they got permission to include him in one of the portraits in there. And so he's in there, which is super cool. Oh, that's cool. The Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom has props from the movies that are real props. So I think the student desks are actually were used in the movies, which is kind of cool. We actually had scrolls and props and stuff that were also used in the movies. And then some kid came by and just took them. Mm. Uh, he was like eight and we caught him on cam. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's, you know, there's, there's some kind of random stuff here and there. The, the portraits are actually super cool because Universal has a patent on the moving portrait technology. Jeff was blown away by the portraits. That was half the ride for me. I didn't want to, I didn't want to continue <laughs> down the hallway. I just wanted to hang out and look at the portraits. So they're great, except during an evacuation. So when, when there's a fire evac, eventually the lights turn off at like way in, in the time period. And so we're still walking around down there to do stuff. But the portraits don't quite turn off. So it's like dark in this literal castle, except for these like faintly ghostly glowing outlines of people. <laughs> and it's kind of terrifying, I'll be honest. <laughs> That's awesome. Any any stories of the place being haunted or anything? I know there's a few attractions that maybe have some spooky oh. ghosts or ghost machines at least. So there's, <laughs> so we have a stationary loading platform. So the main loading platform is like a treadmill, um, but we have a stationary one for our ADA guests so that they can take as much time as they need loading and unloading on the ride. So, you know, we can try to get as many people experiencing the ride as possible. The way to get to that platform, um, and don't just try to go looking for it, it's something you have to have a, a team member take you to, is basically a long hallway that you get out of an elevator. It's like a 30 foot hallway straight and there's nothing in there. It's themed, but it's just empty. And then you make a left and then it's like a 20 feet hallway and then you make a right and that's like another like 30 foot hallway hmm. and it's just 
Harry Potter music playing eerily. Um, <laughs> and we have we have storage up there for for wheelchairs if someone needs one. Um, and it, that door gets locked, and someone came into the office one day, and the wheelchair was in front of it, but the, the door was still locked. But like it was missing from inside. So I'm not sure how that happened. Some people have reported getting scratched up there on their own. I have not personally seen anything and I've spent many hours up there. Unfortunately, when you get stationed there, it's kind of like, okay, how many, how many things can I think about in my head to kill the time? But, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen anything. <laughs> wow. That's wild. Jeff, we could do a whole haunted episode on that thing. Yeah. That sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. We actually, we, we have talked about doing possibly a, like an episode about like haunts of theme park stuff. I know like Pirates of the Caribbean has haunts. I know, uh, haunted mansion has, has haunted stuff. It's pretty neat. Ooh, that'd be very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Jeff, you got any more questions? No, I think that the vomit thing was my big one. <laughs> very, very, very cool ride that uh, turns out was my kryptonite. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, you're not alone. I survived so many more on the surface scary rides, but Harry Potter did me in. I Actually, do you want to know why in particular it makes you nauseous? I would love to, yeah. So when you're in the carousels, which is the moving screens... Um, I forgot to mention this. So you're, you know, you're the, you're moving in relation to how the screen is expecting you to move, but you're also spinning. So the whole ride vehicle is actually on a big carousel. So you're, you're physically spinning like clockwise mm. or counterclockwise. And that motion isn't included in the video that you're following. So I think that motion on top of the rest, I think is what trips a lot of people up. Yeah. Um, so if you're motion sick, yeah. I, would, I would advise not riding the ride, but if you do head all the way against the restraint, Look straight ahead. Don't look anywhere else, and that can help. I want to try. I want to try it again. I'm going to try it again and do that. It's a good ride. I mean, what worst comes to worst is to look down at your feet. Like that's what I do now. As I, I like seeing because you can look down and kind of see the track and stuff. That's pretty true. Cool. Yeah. Now, okay. One. I have one last question for you. Am I crazy, or was there a storage area inside the bench? Like were you, like up against your back? I remember there being something where you could literally put stuff behind you and then close it and then sit down before they included lockers. Is that, is that, am I going nuts or did that, was that a thing? There was definitely never anything behind you, okay. but now you're giving me weird flashbacks where I'm not actually, I want to say that there was at one point a mesh beneath you. Okay. Cause I remember some kind of storage on the attraction. I don't actually, wow. I'm, I'm totally blanking. I, as him. long as I Nailed worked him. there, there was, <laughs> As long as I worked there, there was never any kind of storage on the bench, which is actually okay. why the ride stops a lot is because people would come on with their stuff. And for safety, there can't be like any objects between you or the restraint. And so people would come on with their wand boxes a lot, but the wand box doesn't fit between you and the restraint. And if it falls off, it's going to break the ride. So it was pulling people off the ride last minute and be like, no, that's going to locker. Like, and you know, it, that was, that was a big, big issue. But fun fact, the bench, you want to know what Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey used to be, or was initially scheduled to be? Take a guess what, what, what themed ride it might be from a different franchise. I want to say I've heard it somewhere before on like an expedition theme park or or a defunct land. Someone someone talked about it. I know. I, what, what was it? Okay, so I don't know if this is 100% true, but I'm pretty confident. It was scheduled to be a Van Halen, no, Van Helsing ride. <laughs> Two <laughs> radically different things. Yes, yes, very much so. Van Helsing's <laughs> the vampires, right? I think I'm remembering that yeah, correctly. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's why it's a church. It's kind of like a church pew, the bench that you sit in. It's kind of an odd choice, in my opinion. And so initially it was scheduled to be like a Van Helsing ride. So it was kind of like church and gothic themed which is why the huh. benches looked the way they did and that was quickly scrapped early on in the development once we got the contract from jk and we started converting it into harry potter that's interesting okay yeah. i can see that yeah. 
Jax, thank you so much for coming on Annual Pass and uh, giving us a little insight into the world of uh, Harry Potter. Yes, thank you for having me. I love to, to talk about the ride as, as much as possible. I do have a, a quick Jurassic Park fact, if you'd like to hear that before I go. Absolutely. Hell yeah. we, I think we covered Jurassic Park uh, not too long ago. So what, what you got for so us? I got, I got two things. One, the story about Spielberg making them stop the ride before the drop. 100% true. He would not go down the drop. Really? Yeah, it's true. Wow. He, uh, when he got off the first time, the interviewer was like, what's, what's your biggest fear? And he said, that ride? He was not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting okay the second fact and i they just redid jurassic park in hollywood to jurassic world so i don't know if it's still yeah. there i think it is but so there's a rock right in front of the entrance to the attraction that's sign it's kind of like the thing you do with, with kids where like you know you, you sign your name in it and then it hardens you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so there's one that says spielberg's initials in it he basically he signed it and that's there is like welcome to jurassic park or something and so that that was sitting in front of jurassic park for a long time the fun fact is that's actually the second version of that rock the first really? version where he signed it is currently in the ground of the attraction because it's like a, like a big rocky entrance. It's currently in the ground. I don't know if it's face up or face down, but he had to do it a second time because he spelled his name wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's my that's my go-to fun fact for that ride it's just that's that that's funny <laughs> when you're spielberg you get you get a second chance at the fancy rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding spielberg spielberg gets two yeah. rocks if he wants two rock well Jax, thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it and we'll talk to you next time yep have a great day guys see ya so that's going to do it for our trip through Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Um, it's great. Again, I, I love that ride quite a bit. I have to ride it every single time. Jeff, I have an email here. So we asked in the first episode of Annual Pass, if you, you know, tell us some of your, your first ride experiences, first times in theme parks and stuff. And I went through and I found someone who actually his first time was at Harry Potter World. And oh, let, me, really? let me read this email to you. It's from Joseph Rochelo. I'm not sure how to say R-O-C-H-E-L-E-A-U. Ro it's Rochambeau. Rochambeau. It's Joseph Rochambeau. Hi, Jack and Jeff. My first time at a theme park was Harry Potter World when I was 11 back in 2011 after it opened. I was dressed up as Harry and was chosen in the wand ceremony, even though I couldn't talk due to laryngitis. But the highlight for me was being terrified and throwing up before riding Flight of the Hippogriff. It was a magical experience, though. I also went to Magic Kingdom where Space Mountain traumatized me and then Epcot where I saw my first boobs when a woman breastfed <laughs> breastfed in the German section. LOL. There's a lot going on in that email. Best Joe Rochambeau. Joe had a heck of an experience. Yeah, he did. That's he had a lot of firsts in that A lot trip. of firsts. A lot of firsts. So there you go. So the first first thing was Harry Potter, which is pretty cool. And the, the uh, wand experience. We should probably go take you to Ollivander's and see if you can be chosen. That's how you know it's a good ride. When you say, <laughs> I was so nervous, I threw up before for the ride and I had the best time ever. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you very much, Joe, for those emails. If you have emails like that, if you want to send it to us, annualpass at roosterteeth.com. I love reading stories about people's first attractions. Or if you have any connection with rides, if you know anyone who worked on stuff that'd be willing mine to talk was, to us, uh, please do so. Mine was, I've talked about this, but mine was Rizzo from Greece. Oh, yeah? My first attraction. <laughs> we have some questions, Jeff. We have some questions here. Here's one from Jamie Spinoza 818 who's at Spinoza818 on Twitter. For those visiting the Harry Potter world, regular or frozen butterbeer? And why is frozen butterbeer your favorite number one choice? <laughs> so there's three versions of butterbeer. Yep. There's, there's regular, frozen, and hot. We're going to go ahead and skip over hot for now in the middle of summer. Sure. I personally like the regular butterbeer myself. Yeah, the, the frozen one was neat, but I think I could drink an entire... Butterbeer. I don't know that I could. Uh, yeah. I could drink the entire frozen. Yeah, it's uh, an acquired taste. Where it, like I know the first time I went, I think I had like five of them, 
And then I had like this aftertaste in my mouth the rest of the day. Yeah. So get one. Get one. Don't spoil one's yourself good. too much. One, one's a good number. Everything in moderation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Martin, who is just testing 429 on Twitter, says, I always considered the Forbidden Journey to be the greatest theme park ride of all time. And it says, I haven't ridden Rise of the Resistance yet, so maybe that'll change. Where does Forbidden Journey and Velocicoaster land on your best theme park rides list? So, Jeff, your theme park rides list has got to be kind of short at this point, right? It's like... Whatever we rode yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, rode, we rode Men in Black. We rode E.T. We rode Velocicoaster, Forbidden Journey. Well, for me, out of everything we rode yesterday, I think hands down the best ride was E.T. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Because that's, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's fun and rewarding. Uh, you know, I brought my daughter here. She's 15. To see them interact with the uh Movies and the the cartoons and the, the stories of their childhood, right? Yeah. And for for most of the kids here, it's Harry Potter, and it, as is evidenced by the two hundred and fifty thousand wands. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, I can point out right and now robes and whatnot. Yeah, but for us, you know, I'm forty five. That was ET for me. Yeah. So getting to go through and be in that world and experience it was instantly transformative, and I felt like I was eight again. And I probably had the biggest grin I've had from start to finish this year. I just, so getting, just even get to see the other aliens, oh, yeah. you know, like the little mushroom aliens and mm -hmm. all the plant aliens and and getting to hear them talk and just, just get to see a glimpse of that world we talked about. I think that the fun of these is universe building and, and getting mm -hmm. to see a little bit more of the world than you get to see through the pages of a book or a movie. Yeah, yeah. And for me, a, a, a story or a movie like E.T. that was, such an important and major part of mine and every childhood from the mid seventies to the you know late eighties, early nineties, just getting to be on a planet with, with ET. And I, it was insane when I got on the ride uh -huh. and I saw that it was fashioned after, even though you told me about this, but I physically saw that it was fashioned after BMX bikes. Mm -hmm. It was like, it did something to me. Like it really <laughs> did. I got, I, I couldn't stop looking at it. And I, I was, I was, Jeff, I don't know, man. That that feeling you have right there is the like the exact reason why I wanted to do this podcast. Yeah. Like that that sort of magical feeling that you only get experiencing things like that. Yeah. And that makes me so happy that you had that moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And and so I loved all the other rides. I loved Men in Black. I loved Velocicoaster, obviously. We talked about that at length. The Harry Potter one I loved even though it jumbled me up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was I would do that ET ride 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the smell was the everything smell. you said it was. It was also uh, totally different than I thought it would be. Okay. Uh, and kind of the same at the same time. It was really interesting. But yeah, that was for me, it was that was the highlight. Yeah. I will say the smell wasn't as potent. The smell wasn't as potent. And, uh, and also right now, too, I was a little upset. Because, oh, I mean, it makes sense because due, uh, due to COVID stuff, they are like kind of eliminating certain things. So the pre show with Steven yeah. Spielberg wasn't running. And also they weren't doing your names right now, which was a little like, oh, but it's so much fun to hear you ET say your name. You will not have any difficulty getting me to come back to okay. do it again. All right. Yeah. So we will absolutely hit that up. Yeah, and there's so many other things I, I want to take you on. Two days is not enough to do yeah. everything I want to do in this park. We'll have to come back to Orlando for like a solid week and just hit up as much stuff as we possibly can. Sounds good to me. Excellent. All right. Let's do another question here. Kelly, who's at K-A-R underscore Vroom, says, I was at Universal when they were testing the new King Kong ride. I liked it a lot. However, I vaguely remember a different King Kong ride that I rode when I was very little. Is this true or am I imagining the whole thing? Kelly, you are not imagining the whole thing. There were two different rides. So the initial ride was called Confrontation, which is now... <laughs> That's a great name. It's a great name, uh, which is now the Mummy Ride. So if you've ever been over the Mummy, uh, Revenge of the Mummy, that's where Confrontation was, that building. That was one of my favorite rides of all time. So you were actually in a suspended cable car going around New York City, 
And uh, King Kong kind of shows up and would like throw you around. There's giant animatronics. It smelled so good. Something smelled cool about that ride. I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, like I attach a lot of memory to, to smells. And they like the subway area you kind of get in was all graffitied up and everything. It looks so cool. That ride had closed down probably about God, 15 years ago at this point. I don't know specifically. We'll talk about Confrontation and the Mummy Ride very soon. But then uh, Skull Island Reign of Kong opened up over in the Jurassic Park area of Islands of Adventure. That is pretty new. So that's the one that's more of like motion simulator. But there is a giant animatronic at the end. Spoiler. That is very similar to the original one, but it's not not the exact same one. So they are two different rides, Kelly. But uh, great question, though. I'm glad I could clear that up for you. Hopefully you're still listening to the podcast. Have you ridden both? I have. I have. Which one did you like better? I mean, it's it's tough because I was a kid during confrontation. Mm. So I have, uh, you know, rose tinted glasses. Yeah. And I'm sh- in my head, you know, Kong was grabbing us and shaking us around, like putting us in his mouth and is like going crazy. And there's fire and there was there was a, a helicopter crashes at one point and burst into flames. And I'm like, I don't know how cool that stuff was. <laughs> like, in, like in memory, it was great and yeah. like very cool and very awesome. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was great. But uh, like the stuff they're doing now is so much more intense. And yeah. um, I, I could see them doing something like that ride now. Or even bringing back like Earthquake. Like Earthquake was one of my favorite rides that's now gone. And doing like a new modern day version of Earthquake with all the technology they could do and like how close stuff can get to you and the fire and the water that was in that. And that was such a great ride too. So, but there you go. So, and we got one last question here from Alyssa Lorraine, who's at Lissa323 on Twitter. What are your opinions on screen-based rides like Forbidden Journey versus more traditional rides and roller coasters? So Alyssa is talking about the the screen portion, sort of the motion simulator portion versus more of like a traditional roller coaster type thing. Do you have any thoughts or feelings? You haven't ridden a whole lot, but you've seen both of them now. Uh, I didn't notice a, you know, when you're in the moment and you're like immersed in whatever the ride is, I, I don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. Well, the Forbidden Journey is definitely a blended attraction where yeah. it has mixes of the actual physical props mm-hmm. and, you know, in some interaction with that and then the screens. And I think that's the way to do it. I mean, again, personally, I don't like the screens just because like I get motion sickness with that that stuff up close. But I love how they do that. I love that technology. I'm also going to assume uh, this is me super unintelligently. Just my my <laughs> my, my first thought would be that it's probably a huge space saver. Yeah, yeah. And it probably allows them to put more cool rides in the park. Yeah, you're, you're seeing more stuff like that where, um, I mean, something like the like the Fast and Furious ride or, or even King Kong, uh, a Reign of Kong, it is a lot of screens now, which they can, if done properly, it can be really, really cool. Still, to me, I, I, I would prefer an actual attraction any day over just a screen. Hmm exceptions maybe like the back to the future ride or the simpsons ride like the, the way that's handled is really neat there's a simpsons ride there is a simpsons ride they didn't, have we not gone on that yet no oh, we why didn't simpsons? you tell me there's a simpsons yeah, ride? We, 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 it's right. because you don't like the simpsons I, no, oh, which, I, by the way why why <laughs> i like the simpsons we need to get into this in another podcast that's not appropriate for this one but i am annoyed that your australian wife uh-huh. who uh knows way more about the simpsons than you do, and you yeah. are similar age to me, and The Simpsons was the most important cartoon uh, of our lives, and I don't understand how your Simpsons knowledge is so minuscule. Well, I know the first, like, four or five seasons of The Simpsons, and then kind of it tails off after that. And they're up to, like, season 55 now or something, so, yeah. Okay, Marge. Tails off. <laughs> tails off at season 21, maybe. Oh, man, then it came back. It actually got better yeah. towards the end. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a, we, we stood in front of Moe's. We took a photo in front of Moe's Tavern. Yeah, we did. So what's the Simpsons ride? 
So the Simpsons ride replaced the Back to the Future ride. It's a motion simulator. So, um, you know, like the Cinerama Dome in, in Hollywood? Yeah. Same idea where it's a big circular dome, except it's a 3D Simpsons ride. So it's like you're you're with the Simpsons on a like a roller coaster type thing. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it sounds cool. Okay, well, we can go over there and ride it after okay. this. Okay. We, we still have some time. We, we're going to do, we're going to record one more thing and then we can, we can go ride the Simpsons ride. Okay, thank you. That work for you? Yes. All right. Well, speaking of that, we should probably head back into the park. I've, I've just been watching all these people walking by and looking like they're having a great time. And I keep seeing like costume characters. And I think I saw someone from the, uh, the Bourne Stunt-tacular, which is literally right across the street from us. So the Bourne Stunt-tacular replaced the T2 3D attraction. And Boy, I, that rolls off the tongue. I T2 know. 3D. <laughs> That's a whole episode there. There's some there's some amazing YouTube videos on the history of the T2 3D stuff because James Cameron shot the whole thing. Oh, wow. and technically it is. It, I think it was canon in the Terminator universe. It's wild. Okay, it's, it's wild. It's gone now, but now the Stuntacular, the Born Stuntacular, is supposed to be incredible, and I haven't seen it yet, so I definitely want to check that out while we're here. And I still got to take you to the horror makeup show. There's so many things I want to do with you, Jed. Take you to the Simpsons. Animal Actor Show, Simpsons. We got to ride Men in Black again and actually get a photo this time. We'll let, yeah, we can discuss all that after Simpsons. Okay, all right, we'll hit up Simpsons first. So, thank you, thank you again to our friends over at Universal who brought us out here or who, who gave us the opportunity to record in this studio. This is such a cool experience. I'm so excited to actually be here in the studio. In a theme park, we're recording an episode about theme parks. How cool is that, Jeff? Yeah, I got to admit, I think it's probably all downhill after this. <laughs> well, our, our friends over here, they, they said they're really into Halloween Horror Nights, so we'll have to come back maybe in October to record more while we're out here. So, Very excited about that. Excellent. So thank you again out to those people. Come out and check out Velocicoaster. Just open up. That's the reason why we're out here in Florida right now. If you are on social media, we would love to hear from you. I love, love, love seeing people wearing annual pass shirts out in the wild, especially at theme parks. I know they're starting to open up again. Six Flags and Cedar Point and all those great you know places that have amazing roller coasters you know universal disney wherever you want to go wear a shirt take a photo send it to us annual underscore pass on twitter or instagram um, also make sure to go through our instagram account and watch all the velocicoaster stuff that we shot while we we're at her katie katie and ben took over our twitter account and had some great communication with the audience they were actually doing things where they're doing like scavenger hunts within uh the theme park and i know jeff and i would love to do that in the future so if you have ideas for jeff and i to do scavenger hunt type stuff feel free to send it our way because we would love to see that kind of stuff absolutely any other games we can play like uh like fountain roulette too oh yeah fountain roulette we get back into that so you yeah. can win that one so we should get out of here jeff we got to go ride the simpsons ride and get some lunch and relax and slather on some more sunscreen before we get out there because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot one today it's a scorcher absolutely so thank you again everyone for listening we do appreciate it we love you again these podcasts live and die by word of mouth so let all your friends know about annual pass and uh, yeah, and that's going to do it today. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Stay safe. We love you. Have a great day. Bye.